0: Well, good morning and happy President's Day weekend. Uh, we're thankful that you joined us as it's a three-day weekend and most of you are uh, watching this online. We're so uh, thankful that you're here. And last week was, of course, Super Bowl Sunday and I got to eat some humble pie. I was thinking about the word Eagles and how the, the superfluous amount of Eagles references, right? From Exodus that you I will take you under Eagles wings to. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, uh, you shall mount up with wings as eagles and I didn't think about the chiefs in the Bible because chiefs we think of Native Americans in our context but the word chief like the top position is there's a lot of occurrences in that Bible in the Bible and uh, my wife Renee got a text message from one of the church members who has family out in Kansas City and of course was rooting for the Kansas City chiefs. And she texted, tell Pastor John, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And I thought, 1 Peter 5, 4. When the chief shepherd appears, he will give you an unfading crown of glory. Chief shepherd. So, I apologize for being biased, but just know that next year, the Rams are coming back. All right? Anyways, uh, with that, um, would you open your Bibles to First Corinthians 1st Corinthians uh, chapter 12 and today we're going to be talking about the body of Christ and specifically uh, how spiritual gifts play a role in the church in the body of Christ okay now one of the challenges of uh, having faith and believing is that faith must be lived within the context of Of culture that's to say like faith is not like an isolated uh, event but faith is an ongoing lifestyle but it must be lived out in culture where there's belief systems and social mores and norms and and values and a cultural value that has its pros and cons is this thing that we love here in America called consumerism And consumerism is basically a cultural model that promotes the acquisition of goods where there are options and choices and alternatives. You know, it's great to be a consumer and it's great to have options when it comes to food, where to eat, what do you feel like eating, where to get groceries, or when you think about clothing and shopping, electronics, and like entertainment. Just by way of hands Uh, In regards to streaming service, you know, you might you might be proud of yourself that hey pat on the back I cut cable out. I'm a cord cutter, but now I'll, I'll just have Netflix How many of you have more than one streaming service because you're a consumer like myself? When you start thinking about it, okay, there's Netflix there's prime video there's HBO max there's Apple TV, there's Paramount Plus, there's ESPN Plus, there's Disney Plus, there's Hulu. I bet you the average household has about three or four, maybe five or six. Um, Peacock. There's a lot of different streaming services because we have options. We get to choose and pick and choose what we want, and it's great when it, we talk about entertainment. But not so much when we talk about church and the body of Christ, because we can't have that consumerism or consumer mentality and we consume, oh, I like the worship over here. I like the children's ministry at this church. I like the uh, youth program at this church. Oh, I love the strong word in this church. Oh, I love the Pentecostal or the spirit-filled practices at this church. And we pick and choose and we never commit ourselves to the local body. And this whole series that we're on for the whole month of February is upon this rock. So instead of upon this rock, the confession that Jesus is the Christ, because of consumerism, it's more like upon me, upon what I want, upon what I prefer. And, uh, you know, whatever floats my boat, that's what church I'm going to pick and choose. I'll never uh, commit myself to the local body and um can you imagine a church where it's about you and your and your preferences and your desires and what your wants well imagine no more okay because here's a silly little video called the me church where upon this rock of yourself the church is revolved around you let's take a look
1: imagine a church where every member is passionately wholeheartedly and recklessly calling the shots. I don't know who sets the worship center temperature, but why does it have to be so cold? Why do you have to be so right? Heated chairs are now being installed. This one wants a small church, but I'm afraid if it's too small, they're gonna make me volunteer like crazy. And I don't stack chairs, do I? Makes total sense. Join now and we'll let you decide the size of our church. We're millennials and we want a church that... Say no more. Any requests you have will be granted immediately. Parking is horrible. It takes me almost six minutes to get from my car to the building. Ugh. It's going to take me six seconds to tell you a valet service is on the way. My pastor's preaching, it's all over the map. I say, oh, I don't know, stick with the books of the Bible. We should be only exegetical. Okay, next week we start John chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll even start pronouncing that word the way you said it. Hey, I'd like this sermon to be no longer than 30 minutes. How does 15 minutes sound? Hey, anybody willing to go 15 should be willing to go to 10. <laughs> You'd drive a hard bargain. But from now on, five minute sermons it is. <laughs> now you're talking. Me, church, where it's all about you.
0: Oh, pretty hilarious, yeah. But the good news is not the church is not about me, it's not me, church. It's Jesus, it's the head of the church, He's the origin of the church, He's the foundation of the church. And when I confess that He is Christ, that He is God. Then I come under his authority and what he wants me to do. I I'm going to bloom where I'm planted. And so with that, let's turn to our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 11. I'll read from the ESV version. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. You see the You see there the Holy Spirit or the Trinity at work. Same Spirit, same Lord, Jesus Christ the Son, and same God, God the Father. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. To another, utterance of knowledge according to that same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts by the one Spirit to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, the ability to distinguish spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, to another, interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions or he gives to each one individually as he wills. Let's jump down to verse 27 to 30 because 12 to 26 Uh, Paul here, he kind of illustrates or he elucidates this metaphor of body with um, many parts. One body, many parts. There's the foot, the eye, the ear. And let's just jump down to the conclusion here in verse 27. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly, obviously the answer there is no, verse 31, but earnestly desire the higher gifts. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you, O Lord God, that you are, because we have one faith, one baptism, we have one Lord, that we are baptized into you, Jesus, and we're baptized, as we talked about last week, into the body of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us, Lord, open our eyes, that we would see wonderful things from your law. I pray, Lord, that we will be persuaded, that we'll be convinced by your Holy Spirit to throw our hearts over the line, to fall in love with the body of Christ, to commit ourselves to, to devote ourselves to the fellowship of community here at New Hope Community Church. I pray that through your spirit that and through your strength, that the grace that has been given to us, that we'll be able to um, exercise and use that, Lord, for the common good and for the expansion of your kingdom. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen do you know that there are 78 organs in the human body now the human body has over a trillion not million not billion but over trillion cells in the human body and these trillion cells um, it's the fundamental foundation of life and these cells the similar cells they have similar functions and the similar function it forms a tissue and tissue it forms an organ and in the human body there are 78 organs now um, an organ is made up of the same type of tissues and they're organized to perform a specific function in all living things everything that is alive has organs living things plants animals birds insects reptiles mammals and human beings and organs in every living thing it collectively forms organ systems and are macroscopic in nature so in other words the brain the heart the lungs the liver the kidneys these are organs which are necessary to keep us alive. Well, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says that multiple times, that we are one body, but we have many members, that we have many organs. There's just one body, but there are many parts to the body, but all work in unison for the health and the success of the body, and here's the main point that I want us to uh, live out this morning. Every Christian has been given spiritual gifts to belong and to serve the body of Christ. Let me say that again. Every believer, if you have confessed that Jesus is Christ, as soon as you got, as soon as you said that, Ephesians one says. That you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and as you belong to Jesus now, you belong, and He's given you spiritual gifts, and the gifts that He's given you is so that you could have a twofold purpose. The first is so that you and I would belong to the body of Christ. If we could think of ourselves with the analogy of the body, that we become of the trillions of cells in the human body. And when we work together, when we join with a local church, then we become almost like an organ. Okay, we become um, a liver or a kidney or a a heart or lungs. And we are integral to uh, what Paul would say, the eye or the ear or the nose uh, or the feet or the hands, that we're integral in what God wants to do in the human body. And the amazing thing, you guys, is this, that the, in Acts chapter 2, the Pentecost uh, came and the Holy Spirit was poured out. And the day of Pentecost, it signifies and it signals a new chapter in the Bible's grand storyline. What do I mean by that? What I mean is because the Holy Spirit has come and He baptized people. In with His presence in Acts chapter one verse eight, but you shall you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Everyday believers are now able to live a spirit filled life, a spirit filled experience here now, that the resurrection of Jesus and the um, the advent of the Holy Spirit. See, before, a spirit-experienced life was only limited to prophets or priests or to kings in the Old Testament. But the Holy Spirit's ministry enables believers, you and me, so that we can be bear witness to the risen Christ, to those outside the church. right? Marturion, a martyr, meaning witness to what Jesus has done outside of church and within the church that we belong to one another and we serve one another to unbelievers we have been given the holy spirit whether tongues or prophecy or um, uh, spirits of help or or the gift of uh, administration uh, to the outside, we we've been given the Holy Spirit so we can testify to the risen Christ, and these gifts that God has given us is to promote unity and harmony within the body. There are no low. There are no lone ranger Christians. There are no isolated Christians. That <coughs> excuse me. That when you. Um, Believe in Jesus. Upon this confession, now you become a part of the body of Christ. Millions of believers all around the world. We become brothers and sisters in Christ. We form, we form the body of Christ so that we could belong to the local church to serve the local church. All right? And the goal of Christian uh the goal of being a Christian is that we would grow in Christ-likeness, and Christ-likeness only happens in communities. And so that, that is kind of like the big takeaway. This is the big idea that every Christian, if you are listening to the sound of my voice and you're watching this, and you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God himself, in the person of the Holy Spirit has given you gifts so that you can be a part and belong to the body of Christ and that you could serve the body of Christ. And I have three observations for us, all right? The first is this, that your spiritual gifts are not from you. Your spiritual gifts, they're not from you. Let's go back to our text in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans you were led astray to mute idols however you were led therefore i want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of god ever says jesus is accursed and no one can say jesus is lord except in the holy spirit now the english words the english um, bible here They have two words for spiritual gifts, but in the original language, which is Koine Greek, there's only one word. Okay, and the word is pneumatikos. Okay, pneumatikos, and which literally means pneuma, meaning spirit. It 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 means um, literally means the spiritual. Okay, Uh, the word pneumatikos means pertaining to being derived from or being about the Spirit. All this to say, you guys, is that the source of these gifts are from the person, the third person of the Godhead, the source, the origin of the gifts, pneumatikos, is the Holy Spirit himself. See, Paul could have used another Greek word, charismata where we get the word charis or grace or gifts or the manifestation of the gifts but um, Paul here he wants to be pretty clear that he wants to emphasize that the gifts that you have this pneumaticos that it is from the Holy Spirit that the work and the source of the Holy Spirit more than that in the context of this In 1 Corinthians 12, he says, I don't want you, verse 1, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. What does he not want them to be ignorant? He he does not want them to be ignorant by the fact that people have gifts. But these gifts, you don't decide, oh, I want to be gifted in music. Oh, you could develop your gifts. You could develop and you should develop and work on your talent, on your craft. But God-given gifts, spiritual gifts, come from the Holy Spirit. He says, man, you guys were already led astray when you were pagans and you were uh, following these uh, mute idols. And in verse 3, he says, you got to understand that if you don't have the Holy Spirit, uh, that if you have the Holy Spirit, rather, you won't ever say Jesus is cursed. And if you have the Holy Spirit, it is only through the Holy Spirit that you can can say and confess and proclaim that Jesus is Lord. You can't even say Jesus is God apart from the Holy Spirit. And you know what? We don't choose our giftings. The Holy Spirit, by definition, we've been given and we've been graced with spiritual gifts. We develop it. But let me repeat it, God gives gifts. We don't gift ourselves. And this might this might sound like an obvious point, but a large part of my personal life of that has this angst that has characterized my adult adult life is this assumption that I have to hold on to my gifting. I gotta Or if I don't use my gifts, it'll be taken away from me. I I feel like I'd, I'd lose it and I'd waste my life away. But listen, you guys. The gifts that you and I have, it's from the Holy Spirit. You can't manufacture it. You can't fabricate the gifts. It's given to you. All you and I have to do is utilize and steward the gifts that God has given us. In uh, 1 Corinthians 12, four through 11, they're the spiritual gifts of service. And in verses four through 11, I I believe Paul here, he's uh, characterizing it in three categories, the spiritual gifts, which is the gift of instruction, which is wisdom and knowledge. So uh, wisdom, is a supernatural impartation of knowledge that or wisdom that god gives to you so that you could further the gospel Uh, matthew 16 jesus talked to his disciples he goes hey you guys you guys will be persecuted they're gonna bring you before kings but don't worry i'm gonna send the holy spirit the holy spirit and he'll stand beside you and he'll tell you what to say he will give you divine wisdom the Holy Spirit will give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom from God, the genius of heaven. When you testify later on in First Peter, um, Peter says that, "Hey, be prepared to give uh, a reason for the hope that you have in you, but do it with gentleness." When you share the gospel, when you share the testimony, uh, the Holy Spirit. Um, one of the gifts that he may give to you is this uh, gift of instruction that you have this genius of heaven uh, that you're able to explain uh, your testimony. You might hate public speaking, but all of a sudden, not only um, a gift of wisdom, but a gift or uh, the gift of a word of knowledge where God will give you insight into the word of God. Or sometimes, supernaturally, God will let you know something about a person. And I've seen and I've experienced where people who have this gift of wisdom or this uh, word of knowledge that they're like, Hey, are you, I, don't, you, don't you have uh, two sons and you have a daughter? And don't you have like a, something wrong with your shoulder, You experience stiffening in your shoulder? And then they pray for them. They get healed. They believe in Jesus. And this is like spiritual gifts. You cannot earn it, right? But it's a grace. It's given unto you that God gives. Uh, there's a the gifts of supernatural, which is supernatural power, which is faith. This faith is like this faith that could move mountains, This faith would be the kind of faith that people have that would just like, hey, that would pray over a a person in their deathbed practically and say, in the name of Jesus, rise up, right? There's this gift of faith to believe. We all have a, this is not saving faith that I believe in Jesus, that I'm saved. This is like a supernatural gift that God gives you this faith and confidence that, um, if you pray for something, or you pray for someone, or you believe that God will do something, it's this supernatural gift to move mountains. Um, there's healings, there's miracles. A couple of weeks ago, I went through a, a kingdom collective, this collection of churches, and one of the guys, uh, Richard Gordon, he has this gift of the miraculous, where he prays over people, and they are overcome with the holy spirit i mean one of the guys i you know i i love him to death his name is uh he's a pastor at c4 is tim savage he's a pastor's kid of a his dad was a baptist pastor he's been a christian for over 50 years and then this guy richard gordon he prayed for him laid hands on him and then he started uh, shaking and convulsing, and he was just overwhelmed with the presence of God. He says, 50 years I've been a Christian, but I've never experienced this miracle of this presence of God. It's a gift. Um, there's gifts of inspired utterance, which is prophecy, <coughs> excuse me, discerning, discerning prophecies, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and the We'll focus on this next week, but just know that there are, God gives supernatural tongues to evangelize. Um, I have stories upon stories. You know, there's tongues where you build yourself up. Like when I, when I prepare for a sermon, I speak in tongues. I, I have this heavenly language between me and God. I don't do it in church because I don't think it's a prophetic word for the church, but I... I have this gift of tongues. I'm uh, Romans eight says that God has given given us groanings that are too deep for words, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. And there's this gift, and not everybody's going to have the gift of faith. Not everybody has this gift of wisdom or knowledge. Not it's God will give the Holy Spirit will give whoever He wants. All right, and in. 1 Corinthians verse 12 to 27 to 31, there's spiritual gifts of service where the gifts are people, where there's apostles and prophets and teachers. But there's also gifts of service, there's miracles, healing, and helping and administrating and various kinds of tongues. And I'm just thinking about the church. And you don't need to have the supernatural gifts. There's spectacular gifts. But some of you are gifted administratively. Like I'm not gifted administratively. I work hard on it. But some of you guys just, you know, with emails and schedules and tasks and getting that together. I mean, one of the uh, gifts out of our church is the church administrator, Ronnie Correa. I mean, Thirty years in city and county of Honolulu, she finally retired. She retired last year, and she's given. She now she works full time, quote unquote, uh, for the church, and she serves like she handles a lot of the um, administra- uh, administration administration at church. That is a gift. Uh, you know, of course, we want to work on it, but some people are just gifted administratively that they could just handle. Um, emails and tasks and organize and send people and schedule stuff out, and it's just like wow, that's a gift that I don't have, but that's what people have. I'm thinking of people out of church like Mike Ramia, who's an electrician, and uh, but he serves by being a greeter at church. Um, he installed a wiring at Einheim Elementary so that uh, some of the classrooms we mounted. Um, air conditioners and we mounted air conditioner in the cafeteria and he helped with all the elect- Electrical work. I can never do that You know, I'm thinking of people at church uh, like Luther Beck who has an accounting degree But you know what he comes to church two hours before church even starts he brings his son Luther jr. Five years old and he moves chairs around and and You don't need to have a gift, but just exercise and use what you have. Utilize what God has given you. We have people in our church like Brian Kuntz, who's a lawyer, and he serves in our church council, and he makes sure that everything is kosher and everything is legal and everything is prim and proper and that we are above reproach. (coughs) Thinking of uh, Tiffany Kokumu, Uh, who is a realtor at our church, who is a realtor, but she serves in the children's ark. This gift of uh, loving children, this gift of compassion, this gift of help. Man, if you have a willing heart, um, God will use that. God has called each one of us to serve. Number two, your spiritual gifts are not for you. They're not for you. In other words, the end of spiritual gifts is not so that you could feel good about yourself. Not only are spiritual gifts not from you, it comes from God himself and the Holy Spirit, but gifts and talents and abilities that you have, it's not for your personal fulfillment. But look at what 1 Corinthians 11, 6, 7 says, And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Each person has been gifted with something, whether it's one talent, two talents, or five talents. Okay. But the main thing is that you've been given, and the purpose of that in verse 7 is that for the common good, for the common good of the world, for the common good of the church, you have talents and abilities that come from God that has been given to you a pneumaticos, a charis from the Holy Spirit, and you use those gifts to serve one another, to serve the church. You know, over the years, it's been pretty popular. When I was preparing this message, to put a link for a spiritual gifts test, and sometimes we take the test. I'm like, I'm not gifted in this area. You know what? You know what? My I took a spiritual gifts test in Bible college. You know what? My spiritual gift te- gift was highest, a martyr. Okay, so um, there there could be they could prove useful a spiritual gifts test. But what I'm trying to tell you here is that your gifts that you have, it's not for you. That you don't have this gift so that you can feel validated about yourself, so that you could build up your pride, so that you could build your platform, so that you could be an influencer, so that you would be a... Uh, prominent in the community so that you'll be recognized at the church and, and you get titles and positions and and notoriety. That is not the purpose of gifts. You don't your spiritual gifts is not that you fulfill um, your sense of loneliness or a sense of validation about yourself. But the gifts that you've been given is so that you can serve the body of Christ. You can serve the church. If you're an ear, like Paul says, the whole body is not made of ear, because how could you see? Some of you have different gifts. Utilize it in the name of Jesus for the kingdom and for His purpose. The best way to discover your gift is not by taking a test, but the best way If you think about the early church, they didn't have the spiritual gifts inventory and they didn't have the spiritual gifts test. (coughs) The best way for you to discover your gift is if you get involved in the life of others in your church. And if you love as Jesus commanded, then you will discover your gift. Then you will begin to find your fit in the community of God. Amen. And so with that, I just want to encourage you, church, life is short. Uh, Romans says that the day of our salvation is closer than we first believed. It doesn't matter if you have five talents, right? You're multi-talented. You could do a bunch of stuff. Maybe you could sing. Maybe you're a good speaker. Maybe you're smart. Maybe you're good with your hands. Maybe a word of knowledge, your word of wisdom. Maybe you have two talents, Maybe you just have one talent, that you're good with people, that you have a compassion gift, or you you have the gift of interceding and praying for or with people. No matter what it is, you and I I have the gift of time. You and I have been empowered by God to make a kingdom impact on this world. Amen? Let's go ahead and pray. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning, O Lord God. And we do ask right now that we would make you would make our lives count for the kingdom. Just like Isaiah, oh Lord God, when he saw a vision of you and he asked, who who will speak for us? Whom shall we send? And Isaiah said, here am I, here am I, send me. So Lord, I pray that we would have that heart of availability, that Lord, our shape, our spiritual, um, desires what our heart is our abilities our experience our personality lord that you would use that so we could serve you jesus lord the spiritual gifts it's not from us it's not for us oh lord god but we would utilize that now for your kingdom for your glory in jesus name amen amen well thank you so much for joining us you guys Have an amazing uh, three-day weekend. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. Love you guys. Take care.